Hi there, good day, greetings, and um, welcome back to Journeys to Self. Today I thought I would uh, jump on board and just do a, a quick episode because I've been thinking a lot about COVID-19 and because we're in the season of uncertainty and that's why I call it the, un- the uncertainty of life at the moment. And how does that affect our mental health? Well, for me, I think um, mental health is up there in a priority because we know at the end of all of this, this pandemic that's happening, the journey back to ourself is going to be a long one. And I'm not being pessimistic, I'm actually being quite positive because at the moment people are trying just to understand what has happened to life, what has happened to their life. I mean, you know, the world as we know it just does not exist anymore and it's slowly becoming part of our past and how we were, how we reacted to things and what was what was our priority. I think the the World Health Organization has brought up a number of ways of being able to look at how we can deal with our mental health, our physical health and our emotional health. But the one thing that I want to talk about today is social isolation. Now, what does that mean? Well, if we think about it, social isolation, as as a species, we have been for the last longest while been working at diversity and inclusion, bringing together people that really are human beings we're all human beings we all come from the same race so the work has been around inclusion and accepting each other and all of a sudden that's been turned on its head and we're put into isolation we have to be isolated from each other so psychologically for the planet that is huge it's huge and I think we're going to see the repercussions of that. In fact, we are going to see the repercussions of that as we move forward and we move, move through this. So before I begin, I just would like to uh, wish everyone um, safe. I hope that everyone is well, people that are listening to this, um, and that they can take away from any of these episodes any information that they feel could kind of add to their to their life. One of the things that I've discovered, I had the COVID um, and it was a case of, albeit it was a, a mild form, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but I had many of the symptoms that caused me to actually just stop. And when I say stop, it really brought me to my knees. I think the fatigue for a lot of people has been the worst trying to deal with the fatigue and when you are breathless and you have those symptoms that cause you to physically collapse where do you go with that well the only place that I could go was into myself and this is where my podcast in what I've been thinking about doing for a while was born out of so in a way it's kind of uh, weird that COVID-19 for many people has been a blessing for many people, it's been a curse for many people, it's been a disruption to life as they knew it, losing family members, friends, 
just watching the TV or listening to the news, to the disruption of the human species on this planet, and many souls have lost their 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 bearing. Many souls have come and gone back to, you know, whatever you whatever you believe in.、Um, But I certainly do believe, personally, that you know this. This is not it. There are many lifetimes that we go through, and I think, for me, my my personal what gets me through life is knowing that my karmic journey. I am here to change things, so that comes down to my thought process, how I think, how I act, how I treat others, and it's difficult. It's difficult. So it's difficult to. Be the person that you thought you were, and you're plunged into this journey of actually facing the darker night of your soul. When you you have nowhere to go with the feelings and the emotions that this pandemic is bringing up. So COVID nineteen, yes, it's it's a shocker. I mean, we didn't ask for it, and it it just came to us. But in a way, you know, we. We created. We we were partly to blame.、Uh, some people will believe we are partly to bl- to blame as a human species in being caught up in so much of our own egotistical mindset, where we really have come far away from, you know, our spirits, and collectively we've joined we've joined others in believing that we are. Here on this earth, you know, as the masters, when actually we're the we're the guests, we're not the masters. We are the guests, living an experience on this planet. So going back to isolation and what I said earlier on in regards to being taught that we must come together, that you know, it's the paradox of knowing that we have to communicate and. Learn to live in harmony and peace with each other, and then the flip side being that we have to isolate from each other. So, an experience for me walking down the road recently,、um, and I came out of isolation after two weeks, but I had to go back in. But in that short period where I was walking down the road on my day out. And it was very weird because people were literally looking at me over a mask and kind of just edging their way out to either my right side or my left side. And the first thing that came up for me was rejection. I felt as if you know I'd been thrown back into the past where people avoided me, people didn't want to speak to me, people, you know, from my perception, I wasn't good enough because that's what it was. It was a perception that I, my own perception, that I wasn't good enough. But it threw me back into that mindset、um, of people avoiding you, and I think that took me into a little bit of a process of actually people are in shock. People are in shock, and people don't know what to do. I know in New York there's a, there's a thing. I, I know my experience of being in New York, being in the States, where you know you just don't communicate because that person that you're communicating with, if you don't know them, they could be a terrorist. They could be someone that is following you. They could be a rapist. They could be all these negative things that. Our mindset goes to that 
belief that we're always going to be under attack. So my experience, I remember, of going to New York uh, for the first time and someone telling me, you don't make eye contact. And I thought, well, that, that's weird. You know, you don't meet, make eye contact. Um, and yet, you know, you'd look at someone and you'd say, oh, how are you today? Or look at their baby in the pram and the instant reaction of fear that would come up. So, you know, we are social beings. We, we started out in tribes and we stay together as tribes. For any of you that have watched um, Game of Thrones, I think that that series for me was magnificent in the way that it portrayed tribal experience and how people came together, the separatism, the separatism outside of the tribe where people believed that they were always going to be attacked and it was the, the, the fight or flight. People just killed for the sake of, not for the sake of killing, but killing to protect themselves. And I think we're very much in that mindset of Game of Thrones unconsciously as a species at this time. So what has COVID-19 shown me? It's, it's really showing me that, um, you know, we're being tested, we're being challenged because if we're being taught now to isolate, to be separate, even from your loved ones, it's kind of thrown us into that loophole of going backwards. Um, the other thing is the loss of our elders. And when we think about the elders, the people with the, 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 the little couple, you know, sat, on, sat in their rocking chair with all the wisdom and knowledge that they've had through their life experience. Um, so to me, elders hold very much uh, a big part of life. They've lived life, they've seen life. And reaching a point where, you know, they've got that knowledge to impart onto younger generations. As we see the pandemic now reaching, you know, a high level state of emergency, and we're seeing a lot of our elders dying, the isolation, it makes the isolation even worse because people cannot connect with their loved ones, their mothers and their fathers that are up there in age. So it, it kind of brings a whole new spectrum of isolation and separation to the table. Not being able to go to your mother's funeral or your father or a family member's funeral but, um, from an older generation. It must be heartbreaking, I can't imagine. But if we've got no one to go to, if we don't have our elders to speak to at this time, then that's another form of isolation where we feel completely, completely um, alone. I can only imagine people that live in high-rise flats, um, people that live isolated anyway, and to be thrown into, you know, this state of emergency, how it must be for them, for people in homeless shelters, people that are clubbed together, people with addictions that are struggling right now. My heart goes out to everyone where they're challenged with this. So psychologically, you know, the planet were working to um, bring back the love and to bring back the 
positive connection. And I think that's what we have to focus on, positive connection, being not not pessimistic, but optimistic that we will come back together. So staying together is something that is important at this time. Um, Bearing in mind that the isolation has been put in place, the social distancing has been put in place, because people don't know the clinicians and the doctors and the consultants and the scientists, people really don't know what is happening. So it's the blind leading the blind at the moment. So I know that, you know, once it's been figured out, then, and I think things, I think we're four weeks now in in the UK into isolation. I think it's going to ease up. We have to believe that. But the psychological damage that it's going to that that's going to come out of this this is my concern and many other people's concerns as a counselor counselor and a therapist um, I completely understand working with individuals that suffer depression and anxiety I completely understand and I get it how hard it must be for them um, having had mental illness myself, anxiety and depression, I know full well that isolation is crippling. And we're talking then about the isolation within the self. For people that find it hard to communicate, for people that find it hard to talk about issues, in some ways, you know, when we come out of this pandemic, we're going to come out with the same issues that we went in with you know, our childhood issues, our relationship issues, our eating disorders, um, all the all the crippling, paralyzing issues that we had before we went in. So in a way, um, coming out of it, it's going to be, it is going to be um, very important to understand, and especially the people that are helping these people, people like, um, you know, people with disabilities of different sorts, people with learning difficulties. You know, it's going back to the drawing board at this state where we are right now, I think, to kind of try in some ways to invent what you can do right now. What can you invent for yourself right now to journey into yourself? What is it that brings you into a place of self-isolation but what can you do and I think this is something to think about what can you do to help that well as I said for me I've discovered podcasting something that I've always wanted to do but never having the time so right now people have the time to choose what they want to do and I think if you go through the creative process of your being um if it's painting, if it's writing poems, if it's doing anything that causes you to be creative, it's a good time now to actually pull out all the stops and go into finding what you'd like to do, what you've always wanted to do, and maybe trying it out. Um, I remember working in an AIDS hospice when I lived in Bermuda, Um, in the 90s when AIDS had reached that small island and 
the country was in denial that um, a, that they had a problem. So this hospice that I worked in as a volunteer, all I was doing was going in for a couple of hours a day and I would just sit with people, people that you knew were going to die. They knew they were going to die. But the one thing that it showed me was they knew they were going to die, but they never give up on hope. They used that time to be creative. Some people would do things, you know, like drawing and writing, um, singing, um, anything that kind of brought them into a place of opening up creatively and emotionally. So it was it was so beautiful to and it was it was an honor to to be amongst people that were really isolated from society. And this was like the modern day version of the plague, you know, or the leopards. And I remember when AIDS came out in the 80s and the the 90s and what people, you know, were afraid of. And the worst thing was being kind of cut off from, from the world, being seen as someone or people that weren't acceptable and weren't lovable. So it took a lot of strength, a lot of uh, faith for a lot of people that I would meet to kind of believe that they could get through something, even if they deep down knew the, the medical intervention might not help them but we we had to have that they had to have faith they had to have something to look forward to they had to have something as a goal a focus to move forward and to help them to get through every day every day was a new day as it is today and we have to think about that every day is a new day so each day is a new journey when i wake up sometimes i can think of things that can pull me down. I can think of things that I'm afraid of getting out of bed to face. But one thing that I've learned and what I'm learning more is that thoughts, feelings, emotions don't stay. You know, everything is in a process of moving. So with that, you know, learning how to accept what is going on at the moment and for those of you and people listening here that have lost people, my heart goes out to you. But with grief, you know, grief, there's five stages of grief. And being stuck in the first stage of shock um, really is something that can be paralyzing. Readjusting to life as you know it, readjusting to life as we all know it, is a step that we have to take. So the coronavirus is teaching us something. It's teaching us that we have to stop, we have to listen, we have to readjust, and we have to have solutions for moving forward. Um, of course, with COVID-19, what we're seeing as well is privileges. And privileges do come into this because there are some people that have the privileges to be able to deal with this pandemic in a way that is not really going to affect them. So not everyone has the privileges of, uh, of some. So I'm talking to the people that are victims to this, this situation right now that we're in. People that don't have a garden, 
people that don't have money, people that don't have access to tools and materials to to paint and to draw and to write. I'm talking to those people because I believe that if you're in a prison cell, that cell is your external world. The prison cell within you is one that you can open. If it means that you've got access to what you're listening to right now, it means that you've got access to many more things. Listening to podcasts, listening to positive, nurturing output that you take in and you input into your life. Um, to be proactive for some people can mean that they believe they have to immobilize to come together to actually work at something, to change something. And that is very true. So if you're standing at your gate, at your door, on your balcony, and you're clapping for the NHS on a Thursday evening, or banging a pot, or doing something ridiculous to you, um, you're challenging yourself. And that's the next thing, challenging ourselves. When we talk about challenging ourselves, going back to what I mentioned about some days not feeling like I want to get out of bed, that is the first challenge. The second challenge is to actually come in, into myself, coming into myself and kind of setting my journey for that day. So the positive output that I could see would be, okay, routine. Routine is vital at this time because without routine, we're all over the place. So routine might be getting up, making a cup of tea, sitting in the garden. It might be getting up and doing last night's dishes. It could be getting up and watching the news first thing. It could be looking at your email. Whatever it is that works for you, that makes that brings you to a place where it takes you out of the depth of feeling lethargic. That's the challenge. So staying with routine is vital. The next thing is nurturing yourself. So nurturing yourself could be having that long, cold, sorry, long, hot bath, long, hot shower. I'm thinking about cold because at the moment it's so hot. So a nice cold shower for me would be very nurturing. But that long, hot bath or a long, hot shower, whatever works for you. Um, and feeling, choosing the, the, the loveliest, you know, smells, the smellies that we have, you know, and um, nurturing yourself, kind of really taking stock of that beautiful body that you've got, rather than judging yourself, just feeling into the best parts that you love about yourself. It might be your upper arms, it might be your shoulders, it might be your nose, it might be your chin, it might be your beautiful smile. Nurturing yourself starts with, that's a journey into self. Nurturing yourself, learning how to love yourself. The next thing after routine nurturing is humor. Now finding something to laugh at. 
the first thing that we usually do, a lot of us do, is we want to know what's going on in the world. So we'll go onto the computer, and I know I've had to pull away from it, but I want to know what Tr President Trump is saying. I want to know what he's doing. What balls up has he done today? I want to know that. So that's my inquisitive mind, but it's also my egotistical mind. It's also that part of me that loves the gossip. It's my guilty pleasure. So the humor comes in from actually moving away from that and maybe looking at something funny, a funny video that someone's posted on Facebook. The next thing is um, scripting out negativity. So when I talk about scripting out, rather than focusing on the negative media, um, what the TV is throwing us, because at the moment we are in a police state mindset. So when we script out, we decide what we want in our life that is positive versus what we don't want. So if it's that friend that wants to, every time she calls you or a family member, and it's all about them, so you've got to listen for 10 minutes you know, to what's going on in their life. And then they hang up and say, you know, I'll call you tomorrow before they've had a chance to, or before you've had a chance to say, actually, this is how I'm feeling today. You know, those type of friends, as lovely as they are, and I've got a few of them, who I love very much, but there's a boundary that I have for myself that I've set in place. So I do an inner inquiry. And that's the other thing about self-nurturing, inquiring how I feel right now. Who would I like to speak to? Who would bring me some nurturing at this point? It might be someone, it might be that, that beautiful friend that just wants to talk about themselves. Sure, if I'm okay, I'll pick out the beautiful side of their nature and I'll focus on that. But if I'm not in a good place, then, you know, as I said, a boundary is essential. Conversations, again, coming back to connecting. It's vital, vital to keep connecting, having those conversations with people. Because with isolation, what it can do and what it's showing a lot of people that I've spoke to is that it's causing people to actually... I don't want to speak. I don't want to see anyone. You know, I'm doing this and I'm actually enjoying it. You know, I have my glass of wine at the end of the day. You know, I'm watching all the stuff that I wouldn't normally watch. Um, so I'm, I'm doing okay. And I'm using this time to actually stop connecting. Well, I think that's the, that's challenging because we are going to come out of this. So we have to still engage with life outside of our isolation. So staying connected, even if it's set in a certain time of day or a certain period of time that you can actually um, connect with loved ones, family or whatever. And finally, again, checking in, checking in with yourself, checking in with how you feel right now in any given moment throughout the day, checking in with yourself, keeping updated, you know, with what's going on with the coronavirus news that's coming out daily, but I'm keeping in, in connection with what's happening in other parts of the world, but it's not getting caught up 
in the negative side of everything. It's really looking positively of what you can take from the information that the media, that people, that everything is giving you. It's taking the positive and it's it's asking, how is this going to serve me today? Take that and you learn how to actually get up in move into the day with a, a positive outlook. Now we know that we've got great weather at the moment. This isn't going to last. We could be going into some weather that is not giving us permission to go outside and sit in the garden. So that's the other thing. If it's raining, still view the day as a beautiful day. Still view it as a day that you are here on earth again to create something something that is going to nurture you, that's going to make you laugh, that's going to make you think about things. Journaling at the moment is, is, is a good thing to do, where you're writing a diary every day, you're writing something, even if it's just a couple of sentences, but what makes you tick? What is giving you something, a reason to get out of bed? And when you look back, yesterday's journaling or the beginning of the week what you start to see is yeah I'm doing okay thank you for joining me this has been um, an episode on COVID-19 and how to get through mental health is vital at the moment and we're going to come out of this and we have to tell each other that we're going to be fine I love you and um, thank you for joining me you can find my uh, website, uh, wellnessjourneys.co.uk, or you can check me out on my YouTube channel, which is Wellness Journeys. Take care, have a great day, and whatever you're doing, do it well, do it for you. Lots of love. <laughs>